0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Damn Podcast. This is, we are going on five seasons now of The Damn Podcast. And uh, I'm joined with me, as always, with Carter Baines, our beat writer. We have not been together, Carter, in like eight months since uh, the last Damn Podcast.
1: It's been forever. I kind of forgot how to do it at this I I know.
0: It might be a little rusty. I had an entire outline here ready to go. And then the news hit at noon, and that's why we had to kind of postpone this, that Pac-12 was delaying the start, or not canceling, actually, the season for 2020. You and I both sat. First of all, what is your reaction? Because this is big news.
1: I mean, devastation, really, just that was kind of... College football has been one thing that we've been holding on to. I know you and I both have, and I know a lot of other people have as kind of the light at the end of the tunnel saying, you know, let's just make it through the summer. Hopefully things will be better by then and we can rally around some football. But uh, now to have that taken away from us is kind of a, I don't know, it's a blow emotionally for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel sad. I feel mad. Um, I think most of our listeners, or at least the Beaver Blitz members know, um, for me, fall camp is my favorite time of the entire year. I love fall camp. I love those, you know, drives down to Corvallis and the, the sunshine and the anticipation in the air, air. And, you know, with so much, so much things, so many things that have been taken away from us for the past, you know, four or five months. Um, you and I both, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times now, just the summer looking forward to that and um, having football to um, kind of tie us, to, tied us over and, and get us back to feeling somewhat normal. Um, I know, you know, our kids, my kids, their sports, their youth sports have been put on hiatus as well. Um, school's not in session. Um, you got the news then. It was like back to back for you, Carter, because you are a student at Oregon State. And yeah. so we jump off the Larry Scott Conference call, and then you got an email that Oregon State was going to online as well. So, um, just
1: yeah, today kind of has a- been kind of a whirlwind with with all the news. Oregon State saying ninety uh, percent of fall courses will be offered remotely. So, um, like labs and those field classes are the only ones that'll be on site in the fall. Which, I mean, to be honest, kind of saw that one coming, but. Still, to have that and the football decision come down within literally hours of each um, other—it's been a lot to process for sure. Yeah,
0: gut punch after gut punch. Um, So, what what's your initial reaction? I mean, this I think was—I think Beaver fans were really looking forward to this year. Um, I know the players were looking forward to it. The the coaches—I don't know if you've seen Coach Smith's statement that he released, but reading his Mm -hmm. statement, I could almost—oh, I could—I could sense the disappointment in his in his writing.
1: Yeah, it was pretty clear. You know, there's a lot of optimism going into this year obviously. Uh, at, be- at Beaver Blitz for sure and then just in general among Beaver fans uh knowing that this could be the year that things finally turn around. Um you know, a a bowl a postseason birth berth in general was you know kind of the expectation going into this year, something that Oregon State hasn't done in 7 years. So um to have that taken away from you is you know, for coach Smith and for all the players and then just for Beaver nation in general, that's really disappointing.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, cause we've been breaking down the roster. We've had all, I mean, there was a lot to be optimistic about. And now, you know, if I'm Hanukkah, I'm not coming back because I'm going to be spending my spring um, getting ready for the NFL combine. Uh, so many, un- so much uncertainty, I think, but right now, as we stand right now, we're taping this on Tuesday afternoon, right now, Big Ten and Pac-12 have canceled their their whole 2020, the rest of 2020. Big 12, SEC and ACC are still up in the air. And I just read before jumping on here how the Big 12 actually feels that they're going to play or at least start playing this fall. Do you think the Pac-12 and Big 10 acted too quickly to make this decision?
1: No, just because from what we heard uh, in the webinar earlier with the Pac-12 representatives, each conference has an individual set of doctors and, you know, leadership personnel that have been guiding them through this process since March really. And so each conference, you know, has those representatives who have their own viewpoints and the PAC-12 did was what they felt was best based off of the information that they have received. So, um, you know, PAC-12 and big 10 are obviously very coordinated on this. They're, Officials, their leadership has the same viewpoint, and you know, whether that's considered right or wrong is up for interpretation. But um, they were they did what they felt was right based off of the information they were given, and that's the same boat that every conference is in, it just comes down to how they interpret um, what their experts are telling them.
0: So, how weird do you think it's going to be, though, if those programs? I mean, I agree. I think all along, I mean, as a pandemic, we've never been through something like this. Um, if half the, half the country plays and half the country doesn't, I mean, how weird is that going to be?
1: Bizarre, because how do you work out a college football playoff? How do you have bowl games? Um, I know there's been some talk about postseason just in general, even before two conferences opted out of the season about Everything that's owned by ESPN is one thing. Everything that's not is another. And, you know, seeing some bowl games permanently fold because of it was an option. What happens now that uh, 40% of your member institutions aren't playing? Um, So what it looks like in terms of the national landscape is something that obviously we've never seen before. And the unprecedented nature of it just really makes it hard to predict what, it means for the future
0: yeah well and then it's the the other whole bailiwick i think is how do athletic departments that aren't playing and and then it's, it's not even known if they're going to be able to play in the spring how do they survive you know when, when we talked to scott barnes a couple weeks ago um he mentioned that they have been running the numbers based on a no fans and stands playing in the fall to playing in the spring to no season and he said it would be a loss between 8 million and 50 million, depending on, on which scenario happens. There still could be no football season. When you're looking at a program with an $80 million budget and you take away $50 million of it, how how do smaller athletic departments even survive this?
1: Yeah, no, it's absolutely crippling to well, anybody that's not in the power five is, I mean, none of those um, Programs operate, you know, at, at a profit. So, to think about how many of those are going to lose sports. I mean, Boise State, for example, has already cut baseball and uh, at least one other sport that's off the top of my head. Wrestling? Yeah, I believe so. I think you're going to see this at most, most institutions if, if there's no football. Um, what it looks like at Oregon State, I don't know, but. When you're talking about a reduction of anywhere around like half of your um, athletic department budget by not playing football, I mean those other sports just aren't sustainable without that revenue.
0: Yeah, I mean it's I I haven't even gone there because I don't even want to think about what and then like you said, you bring up the smaller programs. I mean you look at the Mountain West or the Big Sky and some of those conferences. What does that do for that? I mean. It, it is a trickle down too. I mean, Portland State was relying on that million dollar contract with Oregon State playing the playing yeah. the uh, preseason game, and I mean that was a huge chunk of their of theirs. So, um, yeah, we are just no good news today, Carter. There's, I, I really have nothing positive, and we usually try to keep the damn podcast kind of fun and kind of positive. Um, basketball, what what did you take from from the sounds of it? No competition, and t- they'll re-examine competition starting Jan- or January 1, 2021. But um, it sounds like they'll allow basketball potentially, depending on what kind of the local health officials say as far as practice. Is that what you gather too?
1: Right. And I think you hit on an important point there um, that Larry Scott himself really wanted to hammer home earlier is that this is just a, a postponement, postponement or cancellation of competition. So in terms of uh, training and non-contact practices and everything that they're currently doing that's still allowed um, un- under this new Even the,
0: it's approach 20 hours, that they're taking right that's how yeah. i so i mean that's that's that.
1: considerable amount of yeah. of contact per week that that they can still have so in to to talk about basketball what it looks like now is instead of starting the season in late november and then having. Um, Well, the Pac-12 is going to have conference games in December for the first time this year. Now I think the most realistic way to handle this going forward for the Pac-12 if they want to have a basketball season is to stick with that 20 game conference only model starting in January because you could still have your ramp up time with with those non-contact practices through December and then, I don't know, you give them a couple of weeks to, of a full contact practice to begin in January, and you could still play most of a season uh, leading into whenever the NCAA decides to host its championships. Um, I know in, in the webinar today, they talked about needing to coordinate with the NCAA in terms of, are we still having March Madness? Is it going to be in March? You know That determines a lot of how they schedule a basketball season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so going back to football, it does sound like they'll be able to keep kind of that 20 hour roughly. And I I think there's still a lot of questions to be had. So right now it's, it's hands on 20 hours a week and that's not contact, but they can do walkthroughs. They can, you know, it's with the, the training staff. So coach McDonald and his crew, um, as far as lifting and conditioning, they can do, um, team meetings or, um, film review and position meetings. So there are things they can do, and I think it's so important to keep those guys engaged because, I mean, what a blow for them. But um, the one thing that they also reiterated is that scholarships and all their support, so all the, the educational support and all the training tables, all that will continue. And then Larry Scott also said, there was a question about, you know, what do you do eligibility-wise for these guys that are gonna potentially miss an entire year? And he said they will be working really closely, trying to push the NC2A to allow. But again, then that opens up another whole thing. Are you going to allow larger rosters for next year? Um, You know, how does that look going forward? And then how do you fund those additional scholarships?
1: Yeah, that's something that the spring sports are having to deal with currently because uh, this past 2020 season for spring, uh, you know, like if you look at Oregon State baseball, you've seen a lot of players transfer out because you know, with, with so many scholarship guys coming back and then the incoming freshmen next year, um, your roster is going to look really interesting with, uh, with the new eligibility rules there. So if we see that transfer into football as well, uh, it's, it's going to be really, really bizarre to look at a roster construction and scholarship count in 2021.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you're thinking about it just kind of off the cuff because I haven't dug in and looked at this, but What would that do for someone like Oregon State? It was a small class to begin with. So you're not, it might actually help Oregon State because some guys will decide to be done and just move on. Some will want to stay and keep playing. um, But you only had 12 seniors. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how you do that roster makeup, how that works, how they fund it, because then you're looking at a lot of scholarship money that uh, you weren't planning on, extra scholarship money. yeah. Yeah. So many, so many variables. And, and the other takeaway I got from the, from the meeting too, is they don't even know. I mean, there's a lot that they have no idea like how logistically a, a spring season would look or how all that's going to play out. Um, the other thing that's interesting, and this is something that I think we need to keep an eye on when you meant you brought up transferring is let's say the SEC, ACC and big 12 play. Will they come looking to poach players from the PAC 12 and big 10 to come play? saying, you're not playing, transfer to our school and you can play.
1: That's entirely possible. And it, it was brought up earlier today. And, you know, the representative said, yeah, that's, that's a real possibility. It's something that could and probably even will happen. Yeah. Um, whether we see guys actually leave or whether it's just contact that they have with coaches saying, hey, come play for us if you want to play this year. Um, you know, whether it's just those talks or whether it actually happens, It remains to be seen, but I I think you're going to see something along those lines occur because um, take, take for example, somebody like, I mean, I don't know, Hamaka Rashid has already established with his play in previous seasons that he's an NFL caliber player, but if you've got somebody who needs this year, who needs to play at a high level this year to prove that they're NFL ready. Maybe you see somebody like that head over to the SEC to play one more year. And well,
0: but would it help him? Give him
1: a little more film.
0: Could it help him? I mean, you're looking at Hamelka. It could. Who doesn't I mean, have a season. If he doesn't have a season at Oregon State, could he potentially help himself raise, you know, go from maybe a third, you know, second, third, fourth round pick if he doesn't play to a first round pick if he plays, say, in the SEC? Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it comes down to risk-reward for a lot of these guys. Like, if you look at Panay Sewell at Oregon, projected first, maybe second pick, there's a lot less reason for him to go to a Clemson and play one year and prove himself than there would be for a Hamaka Rashid, who's, you know, second or third round and maybe wanting to push himself into the first round. So that'll be a case-by-case basis. But um, it'll be interesting to see how many people actually make that move because I would imagine – eligibility wise, you know, that'd kind of be a slam dunk in terms of getting oh. a waiver and playing yeah. right away.
0: Yeah. If you're not playing, then I, I can't see how they couldn't grant you, you know, the ability to play. It, mm-hmm. It's wild Carter. It's, um, we don't have a lot of the answers, but um, I think it was important that we started the, the damn podcast back up and just have some, we, we usually start it up this time of year, every year. It's usually we're talking fall camp and we're talking um, this should have been Week one, we should have been wrapping up week one of what we, you know, had seen and, and who was yeah. standing out and here we are. So um, know that the Blitz staff is just as disappointed and, um, you know, I think, like I said, sad, mad, there's a lot of emotions I think that a lot of people are having, not just with college football, with just this whole situation. I think everybody wants some normalcy back. But um, we will be back. It may not be weekly because I don't know how much you know, we'll have to discuss every week, but this is a kind of an ever evolving and we brought up a lot of questions today, Carter, and hopefully we'll start seeing some more clarity, um, you know, as the weeks go on.
1: Yeah, it seems like every day something new occurs. So before too long, I'm sure we'll have enough to talk about, but
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we've done, you know, there's so many things that we've done. We've dove, dove in and looked at recruiting classes. We've looked at position groups. Um, gosh, we'll have to like redo all that before fall camp. Yeah. That, or maybe fall camp becomes winter camp or I don't know. It, it's, it's different, but um, I guess we're all, I, I hate this cliche, but we're in this together and there's a lot we can't control right now. And this is, is one of those things, but um, I want to thank our subscribers at Beaver Blitz for um, sticking with us and uh, helping us stay, um, you know, your source for Beaver news. And we are offering right now it is 24 seven is celebrating their 10 year anniversary. And that's our parent company. And for the entire month, if you're not a member, this is the time you can jump in, join us in the lodge. There's lots of stuff that we we break right inside the lodge. 50% off any annual membership, a dollar for your first month if you choose to go in a month to month membership. If you are on a monthly membership right now, upgrade and you save 50%. So you can get Beaver Blitz for an entire year. All of Carter's great insight and analysis, my insight and uh, contribution all of it for under $50. So, um, join us and, uh, we'll, we'll be there. Keep bringing you the insight. Thanks for this episode of the damn podcast. We'll be back in the next week or two with more. Thanks.